Welcome to House to Home Podcast. It's here that we'll learn how to cultivate an eternal haven in our temporary world. So grab a cup of coffee, do the dishes, or even take a drive in your car. Whatever it is you do while listening, I hope you feel right at home. Okay, so how does keeping the Sabbath or being Sabbatarian help us form and shape our weeks in the home? Yeah, that's a good question. For me, it's, it looks very. It probably looks it would look differently than most houses right. out there because I am a pastor, and of course, it, as it seems, I work on the Lord's Day, which I do, but it's an act of mercy or ministry. Right. Um, it's my calling, and I don't take a different Sabbath. By the way, I, I've always had a hard time with that. It's the Lord's Day is the Lord's Day. You are smart though, taking your day off on Monday. But I do take my day off on yeah. Monday because I'm usually so exhausted I can hardly function. Right. So, um, <laughs> so that's smart. So what I would suggest, I mean, for me, it looks a little bit different for most people, but craft your schedule backwards from the Lord's Day. In other words, the Lord's Day is there. You know what's coming. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change unless the Lord returns. And you'll have a perpetual Lord's Day. You want to order the calendar. <laughs> but start there and work backwards from the Lord's Day. In other words, everything we're doing in the week is a buildup uh, to that day of worship. Right. And... You know, the analogy, well, it's the first day of the week of this, you know, because we give priority to God because it's the first day. Well, well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know if that is very helpful. I just think that if we frame our home around God all the time, right. we're always thinking about Him and in our job and in our operations within the home, raising our children, doing these the various things, all the stuff, the laundry, the cooking, everything, all of it. And we're always thinking in terms in light of the fact that I'm going to, at the end of this week or the beginning of the week, I'm going to meet with God's people. I'm going to be in corporate mm-hmm. worship. I'm going to have uh, opportunity to hear from God. I'm going to have all of this happening. That's always in front of me, and I'm thinking about that. By the time I get there, I'm going to be eager to right. have it. Yeah. Um, and so you might uh, just plan carefully so that by the time you get to Saturday, you're not so frazzled and wrecked that Sunday is a, is a day of rest, but it's more of a day of you know lay around and, yeah. Do nothing, right? Which isn't really the idea of the Sabbath. It is to be a day of rest, and we do need that. But it's not a day of idleness, right? It's physical and spiritual rest, Correct. not yeah, so, not laziness. <laughs> you know, think ahead. You know, um, I had an elder once who uh, at a different church who invited my wife and uh, me out to um, a, a restaurant after worship. Once I was gracious to to avoid having to be too frank about no. <laughs> the second time, though, I realized this was going to keep happening. I was almost going to have to put an end to it. And so I said to him, I said, well, brother, look, I appreciate it, but we you know, we just don't go to the restaurants on the Lord's Day. He goes, oh, so you, you go home, make your wife work. I'm like, okay, um, we have to eat. I don't have to make other people work for it. My wife is going to do that on Tuesday anyway or Thursday and Sunday. But you can plan ahead on that. And mm-hmm. there's many different ways in which you can do that so that you don't have your wife slaving in the kitchen for three and a half hours right. because you have to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I can't speak intelligently to any of that because I don't cook. <laughs> I stay out of the You kitchen. can do crock pot meals. You can put a freezer pizza in the oven. You can decide to ignore the dishes afterwards yeah. or put them in a dishwasher. That's not that hard. Um, or use it as an opportunity to teach your kids to serve and help, help them help you do the exactly. dishes. Exactly. 
Yeah. You know, that's not breaking the Lord's Or some day. people make a huge dinner because they enjoy it and they yep. think this is bringing glory to the Lord. It's bringing my family together in fellowship. And maybe they want to do that. Maybe for you that is stressful. Yep. Your kids are going to stress you out. Don't do it then. But if you're the family that loves that and you want to have people over, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. How many times do parents sit down and have meals together during the week right. in this world? And we talk about, about that a lot on House to Home. If so, you guys aren't eating around your table, yeah, you're, you're going to be. You're missing out. But if it's difficult. <laughs> because of legitimate scheduling yeah sunday's the day sunday's the day yeah. and you know seize it seize yeah. the opportunity but frame everything around it you know so it's always a build-up to the lord's day mm-hmm. so not blowing yourself up monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday and then the lord's day comes and you just kind of go into the church sink into the pew right. and, and get nothing out of the sermon because you're half awake um you know parents can do lots of things to prepare for the lord's day on saturday and to help their younger children out by and, and, and doing it in such a way that it's not just dictating to them what they're going to, like, what clothes they're going to wear. Work right. together on that. What do you yeah. want to wear tomorrow? Pick it out. They may pick out some really crazy things, and you just kind of have to <laughs> modify that. But, you know, work, use that kind of thing. Yeah. Saturday night, you know, get rest before Sunday. Don't right. stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning and then right. expect to go to church on Sunday and be attentive, because you won't be. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're very unusual. Um <laughs> So there's many different things we can do during the week that helps establish um, our preparedness for the Lord's Day. So that when we get there, we're eager for it. We're happy it's here. We're glad it's here mm-hmm. because the week can be very tiresome and stressful. Now, my week looks much different than most people. I'm off on Monday, as was already mentioned. And so on Tuesday, I'm back in my study. I have a very detailed plan and calendar that is filled. but And I never know what's going to happen between Sunday to Sunday. Mm-hmm. Anything could happen. Um, but I'm constantly thinking about the Lord's Day. Well, why is right. that? Well, because I have a sermon to get done. That's your job. <laughs> yeah, it's my job. It's my calling. It's right. my responsibility. And um, so it's easier, I think, for me as an individual, as a pastor, to always be thinking about it because I'm always thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I can't drive down the road without thinking about Sunday right. because I know it's coming and I have a congregation that needs to hear God's word. So, um but for the average family who, you know, works whatever schedule, whatever shift, you know, operate in such a way that the calendar is written backwards. And we're thinking, okay, the Lord's Day is coming. This is what we're going to do. We're going to have these people over. Mm-hmm. We're going to plan ahead. Or we're going to do this for a meal or whatever. We're going to get into a routine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I realize people can't have other people over every single Sunday. I can't do that. I'd like to. Right. I can't. But so we try to do it. Once a month mm-hmm. as a minimum. And um, sometimes my wife will ask me and I'm just really, really tired from the week because I had a lot going on. And I'll just say not this week. Why? Because I because I won't be any good to anybody right. if I'm completely exhausted. So, um, but for us, it looks different. Yeah. But I but think it be- would be neat to see people, not just pastors, to be thinking about it and looking forward to it and letting it shape and mold their week because yep. everything we do should be pointing to God. And I think everything we do should the, through the week should be pointing to the Sabbath. Right. Well, if the Sabbath is a picture of our eternal rest, right? Um, then all of life is preparation for our eternal rest. Right. We're being sanctified more and more. And we're being made ready for that great day. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing throughout the week. We're making ready ourselves right. to worship with God, worship God with his people on the Sabbath day. Exactly. And so how do we, what does our Monday look like? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I mean, are we jamming our schedule so 
full that we're just absolutely exhausted. When somebody mm-hmm. gets here, we just see it as a day of, I'm going to chill out now. Yeah. And it, it can be that, but it's not just that. Yeah. And make it fun for kids too. Like we decided eh, probably about six months ago to try to do more like desserts that day and more, you know, like make it a, make like it it's, special. it's celebratory, right. you know? Yeah. We're making it special. This is the day. This is Christ's day. It's the day we worship him. It's the day we go to church. Um, if you make all- it boring for your kids, you will turn them off. Yeah. You don't want that. But you don't want it to be boring. Right. It shouldn't have to be boring, but you know right. what I find exciting uh, may not be so exciting for a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Right. So parents have to, some, to think out of the box a little bit. Do yeah. something unique on, on Sunday. Well, mom's going to make this big meal. Fine. Yeah. Or um, we're going to have a special dessert. Great. It's that they got something to look forward to. You know, yeah. Sunday's coming. We're going to have this and then marry it up mm-hmm. with the enjoyment that you get yeah. to have on this day. Yeah. Don't tax your kids to death in such a way that they, by the time they turn their young adults, they hate the Sabbath and yeah. they want nothing to do with it. Try not to be grumbling and complaining all the way to the Sabbath. If you're prepared and you're organized and everyone's not screaming around trying to find their shoes and it doesn't become a day where, well, mom just gets on to us because that's the day that we have to get ready and, and so, have, so, so. And you'll have Sunday mornings like that. Every parent You has will. Them. You'll have days like that, but Sundays like that. But I always say one of the things I like to tell people is, you know, the preparation for the Lord's Day happens on Saturday. Yes. And and so then, you know, Saturday night, start winding things down. I, one of the things I do here at the church and it's just what I do. It's just no rule, but it's my thing, is that I try to send out the, to the congregation some kind of worship preparation mm-hmm. guide. It's very basic and simple with the encouragement that parents sit down with their, their children or sit down together if they don't have children or if they're a single person, they sit down by themselves and work through four or five simple questions yeah. and with a, a thought-provoking application or two, which they're probably going to hear <laughs> the next day. And get them kind of marinating their mind in what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, and it's very now, helpful to have that. And you can get the tools. Are they going to use but it? But you can't make right. people use them. Right. And nor right. would I ever insist on that. But 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 I'm at least going to give them the the hammer, the nails, the screwdriver, and say here here's an opportunity for you to really enhance the Lord's Day in in, in useful ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but make it fun with. The kids, you know, read, like you know, one suggestion I would make with parents is, you know, read maybe read the sermon text. It doesn't have to be the sermon text, but read a text from the Bible and ask age appropriate questions. You got right. a four year old in the house, you can't ask them, you know, overly overwhelming questions. They're just gonna look at you like crazy, <laughs> and they're not gonna enjoy it. Yeah, they're gonna feel silly. So ask something you know, age appropriate. Yeah, and if you have an older child, again, ask age appropriate type questions and keep it brief. Yeah. So they don't feel like they're just just arduous. Right. And I think sometimes we hurt ourselves in this area because we we expect too much from our kids mm-hmm. about the Lord's Day instead of just being reasonable. Yeah. Um, and sensible. Mm-hmm. It's a sensibility about this that I think parents sometimes need to either get gung ho and like right. I did, um, and make lots of mistakes and exasperate their kids half to death. Yeah. Or they don't do anything. But there is a nice in-between somewhere. So there's a sweet spot. Yeah, that, there's a balance. And you have to find that every home's going to look mm-hmm. different when it comes to that. Yeah. You could have 12 kids. It's going to look very different right. than someone with one. Right. So don't stress yourself out about it. Don't overthink about it. Okay. We talked about practical ways we can honor it. I think that's what we just did. We did. So aside from the Sabbath, 
what are some practical habits you do weekly to keep you structured and organized? Because you're a super organized person. So let's take a break from the Sabbath really quick, and we can still incorporate the Sabbath. But Pastor Bill here does a lot. And since your kids are out of the house and you have a lot of time as much as anyone else, you got 24 hours in a day, right. but you make good use of your time. You're organized. So any tips you have? I know you mentioned you do block scheduling. Yes. One of the benefits of, of, in the Lord's providence, I didn't go into the ministry. It was like a midlife career change, so to speak. But my kids were all grown adults now. And, you know, so they didn't come to me, come with us to seminary. Mm-hmm. They're not here with us as much as we would love them to be here. They're not here with us as I labor in Evansville. And I don't have, and I'm going to use a word that's going to sound really bad, but I don't have, as it were, the distraction of children at home that I feel like I have to rush back to. If I had young kids at home, I'd feel less inclined to spend a lot of time in my study or visiting at night, even though I would still do that, but not to the same extent. Right. Because my wife doesn't need to be burdened 24 hours a day with the kids. I am part of that equation. Yeah. So there is a, so in God's providence, there's been a huge benefit in in that respect. Um, so how do I keep my life straight? Well, I would probably lose my mind if my cell phone broke. <laughs> Technology. everything is there. I mean, my, my smartphone, cell phone, whatever you want to call that thing, is it has everything I need in it all the time. So notes, calendar. Mm-hmm. And I and as Brianna mentioned, I use this system called block scheduling. It works for me. I just just recently went to it where I actually put in my calendar everything that I'm going to do this week. Yeah. I, and I plan ahead. So I do it the week before. Now, I know what's on my schedule. I know what's coming. It's There may be events already in the new week. Right, but I, week by week, you look ahead. And then I have to work everything that I have to get done around mm-hmm. those necessities. Like if I have a, a home visit to do, then I know, okay, on Thursday night at 7 o'clock, I'm going to be here. That's been in my calendar for three weeks. I come to that point where I have to schedule the whole week. Obviously, whatever I was going to do Thursday night normally gets replaced by Mm -hmm. that. But by the time I'm done planning my whole calendar, it's color-coded in such a way that every color means something. I know I'm obsessed. (laughs) I can just look at it really fast and I know. You will see that from 6.30 in the morning until 6 o'clock at night, I've blocked out that entire period for ministry work. So generally speaking, I'm doing something related to the ministry from those two points. It could go longer. Like on prayer meeting night, it goes longer. And session meeting nights, it goes longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, I try to be in my study at 6.30 in the morning, and then I have a system, whatever it may be. But it's all on my calendar. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to – if I, I, I'm very intentional with my schedule. So if I want to call a member of the church, generally I don't do it willy-nilly. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm sitting there and I think, no, I need to call that person to see how they're doing. Like that happened today. I called one of my ruling elders, um, not your husband, um, <laughs> because he wasn't at prayer meeting last night. I wanted to check on him, make sure he was okay. He's older. I was concerned. Mm-hmm. Did he try to drive and get stranded? I mean, I don't know. So right. I called. Was And I did it in my car as I was driving down the road, so I good use of my time. But if, I, if I'm planning to call two or three members during the month, that's in my calendar on a day at a time. And then when I get to that point, I just pick up my phone. I spend the 10 minutes it's going to take the call, but it's planned yeah. so that I don't just skip over it. You know, one of the things that I try to live by is if a failure to plan is a plan to fail. fail. Yeah. And so I probably overdo it. Most people would look at my schedule and say, you're a lunatic. Well, probably. <laughs> 
but it works for me and it's a comfort because I can look and say, this is what I did all week long. Yeah. Now, I have a unique job. I don't have a boss. I don't have a time clock and I don't have anybody staring over my shoulder at what I do. You are your manager. But at the same time, I'm also accountable to the yeah. church and God's people. And mm-hmm. I want to make good use of my time because they do pay me to do that. Right. And so I keep track, detailed. I keep a log of the labors that I do during the week. I think it's interesting, though, because I think stay-at-home moms, which are most of our listeners, they are their own managers, and you are your own manager as well. And though we might not be able to block schedule, especially if we have children at home. No, it's hard. But we still, I think think it's similar, though. I think if you are more organized as a stay-at-home mom, if you are looking ahead in the week and saying, okay, I'm going to organize just week by week, you know, or day by day. Talk about that in the daily rhythms. If you can just be one day ahead, that's better than nothing. But if you can be a whole week ahead, that's good. I mean, I would even just say, look, if, if, it, if trying to plan a whole week ahead is just too much, it's overwhelming, it becomes, you know, laborious, and I have those moments, well, then uh, have a time in the evening or at some point, maybe when the kids are napping, mm-hmm. uh, that you say, okay, tomorrow, yep. here's what we got to do tomorrow. Yeah. And, and just mm-hmm. put the to-dos if it's, again, you don't have to say, okay, from 9 to 10, I have to do it this way, kind of like... The Sabbath was made for man, not the man for the Sabbath. Yeah. The rhythm was made for man, not the rhythm. Don't be you know? a slave to the yeah, calendar. Exactly. You're, you're managing yeah. the calendar. Don't yeah. let it manage you. Yeah. So that's, I do that. I use Google Calendar, like most people. And um, and then I have a task manager that um, it's to-doist. Everything is in there that I have to do every week. So I have recurring actions and people are like, well, why do you have to put it in there if you don't, you do it every week? It's because it reminds me that yeah. it's got to get done. And it's pretty simple because I just do it naturally, but right. I check and there's some euphoric thing in the brain that when you cross off something that you've on your task list, there's something euphoric about that. Really? Well, that makes it. sense. It's, I feel really good about marking those things yeah, off. That's most people do. They <laughs> yeah. feel like they've accomplished something. Yeah. So my prayer list is in Todoist yeah. by day of the week. So when I come to that time in the morning when I'm praying for the church, I have it. It's there. I just yeah. pull up, pick up my phone. I walk around my study praying, and there it is. Yeah. Check, check, check. Now, you don't want to get into the point where you're just going through the motions on certain things, but it's just my way of keeping things straight. And if it's not in my calendar, it probably won't get done. Right. Now, I have one of those jobs where, you know, I could be really tired. I could be, you know, just weary. Um, and three o'clock in the afternoon comes rolling around and I'm like, you know what? I've got a lot done today. I've got almost everything I need to get done. I'm ahead of schedule. Guess what I'm doing? I'm going home. Yeah. Take some leisure. And so I do, I go home and I don't feel a bit guilty about it yeah. either. Um, well, sort of, <laughs> I'm not much for sitting around. So when I sometimes <laughs> get, hard I, to I do. get mad at myself and I, you know, <laughs> that's why Mondays are hard for me because I feel like I'm not doing anything. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not accomplishing anything. Which is probably good for you, though. But it is. It's good. It's a good self-discipline to rest. downtime. You know, people enjoy uh, the Lord's Day um, because they're not going to their job. They're not doing their things. And I am driving to a church that we're helping out on Sunday mornings. And then we we worship in the afternoons Mm -hmm. here because we run a building. And uh, then I drive back and then I do that same thing again here. Um, And then there's Sunday school after that. And then there's all the stuff in between all that, talking Mm -hmm. to people and they want to talk to me. And by the time I get home, it's been a full day, about a 12 hour day. And my brain is just Swiss cheese. Mm -hmm. I think part (laughs) of the stress of Mondays for me is I'm not doing anything. Yeah. 
And I just haven't learned to just not do anything. And it's okay to not do anything. I think that's what's hard for a lot of people to honor the Sabbath, though, because they're not used to the self-discipline of resting, of right. taking a break, <laughs> yep. and not go, 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 go. Well, I think just, there's two reasons to plan, too. I think some people are like, well, I'm not that busy. I don't need to plan. And then yep. other people are like, I'm so busy. I do need to plan. Well, right. I would say you both need to plan because if you're not that busy and you're like fiddle farting around in your home mm-hmm. thinking, I just don't know what to do with myself. Well, make a plan. You know what I mean? Sit down. Fiddle farting. Fiddle farting. <laughs> some people don't like I've the word learned, fart. I'm going to have to cut that out. a new phrase. That is a Midwestern term. You're welcome. I hope it doesn't show up in a sermon. <laughs> that and ope. Ope and fiddle farting. <laughs> you, you reminded me of something. You know, husbands and wives, you know, one of the things my wife, we do is, you know, we use Google Calendar and we share our calendars. So Yeah, we just started that. My wife can see what I'm doing. I can see what she's doing. And if so if I want to have somebody over, because we're very much on the same page about hospitality. Mm-hmm. So we don't check with each other, yeah. frankly. We know that we're going to say yes. Yeah. Every now and then, and she, my wife can usually tell when, I better run this by him because the week's been really rough. Right. right? And so... But in general, it's like, hey, I'm have, we're having so-and-so over. Yeah. And it could be the next day. Yeah. But we look at each other's calendars and we realize he's got nothing scheduled. Mm-hmm. No visit that night or whatever. And so um, so it's good to do that. That's a good tip. You're on, you stay yeah. on the same page. Yeah. Google and, calendars. You know, uh, if, if you're not doing that, then you need to at least communicate. Yeah. Well, have it a, used to be Mason. have a calendar on the refrigerator. Right. We have a calendar. We have a calendar that hangs up and everything goes on that calendar but we found, Mason and I found, that we're not always home to look at it. I might be home, but he might not. Most of the time I am, but he's not. And so we just recently, this year, because you know how busy he is this year, yep. we started Google Calendars. And that is so good. Because I get a notification when he adds something to it or when he takes something off. And he'll still text me like, hey, th- these people want to have dinner. Can you find a good date? You know? Sure. We're, we're not as flexible with three little kids, but we still do a lot of fellowship and a lot of hospitality and then we'll we'll get it on there but yeah that's google calendar is a good tip so be intentional about it yeah however whatever system you choose to employ be intentional if you don't have any system you're probably not using your week real well yeah i agree all right anything else pastor bill before we no do you want to say goodbye some suggestions for resources yes give us some resources i I did look up i did and then right. give me that paper afterwards, or let me take a picture so I can put it in our show notes. If you can read my notes, but okay, I'll do that. <laughs> Nobody can read my writing, not even not, not even me sometimes. <laughs> okay, um, Dr. Piper wrote a book uh, called The Lord's Day. It's 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 yes, relative. It's been around for I don't know. It's been around a long time. Um, he was one of my professors when I at Greenville Seminary. He was the president at the time. He's not anymore. Um, he, um, he's president emeritus of Greenville Seminary now, but he wrote a book titled The Lord's Day. It's fantastic. And it, in, one of the nice things about that book is it's got a whole section for parents about how to uh, help their list. kids with, uh, with various things on the Lord's Day. Because it's always a challenge, mm-hmm. as we've talked about. Joseph, sorry, Dr. Joseph Piper. Um, another professor of mine wrote a book. Uh, it's called The Day of Worship. He, he approaches it from a very different point of view, and I found it to be very, very helpful, and it's relatively recent. When I say recent, probably from the last 10 years. Okay. It's excellent. Both of these books are very easy to read, um, not very large. One book that really influenced me was, was written by a Reformed Baptist minister, Walt Chant- Chantry, called The Sabbath of Delight, right, out of, right from Isaiah 58. 
It's a very small book. I would say easily less than 100 pages. Very, very small. It's like pocket edition and very readable and very convincing. So I read it in one day when I was working through some of this myself and uh, was really convinced. And so those are three suggestions. Okay. There's others, but yeah. these, I think if you're, if you're new to the Lord's Day, I think these start with one of these books okay. because it'll give you a really good foundation. And then if you want more serious resources, I can always do that too, but yeah, reach start, out. Start with these. Okay. Yeah. Ready for a bonus question? I'm ready. Okay. Back to the Sabbath. Do I get a gold star if I get it right? Yes. Okay. Okay. What would you say to people who say, okay, I'm a Christian, but I don't need to go to church? Yeah. I was just talking to uh, one of the members here about that last night, actually. He asked me a question in relationship to uh, one of his relatives who uh, has told him that uh, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Mm. He asked me, what do you think about that? I said, he's right. What? That wasn't really the answer I expected. What wanted a different one. And I said, he's right. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. But if you are a Christian, you go to church. Mm -hmm. Those are not the same things. Mm -hmm. It's often been put like this. If you don't love the church, you can't legitimately say you love the Lord, who is the king and head of the church. Yeah. If you don't want to be around the people that he died for, then how can you say you want to be around him? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. They go together. The Lord gave us the church to help each other, not to make it miserable and rotten and ruin our day. The, the big fun killer in the sky, as it's been referenced sometimes. No, he gave us the fellowship of the body of Christ and, and, and the Lord's day in which we can enjoy that the, to the fullest. And so if your attitude is, I, I just don't think I need to go to church. Well, one, you're, you are probably not in a good place spiritually, yeah. whether you think you are or not. You cannot live the Christian life by yourself. Right. It's not meant to be that way. It's never meant to be that yeah. way. Um, you need you need each other. And one of the ways we experience that is in worship on the Lord's Day and, and other things that happen between services and, mm -hmm. and the conversations. There are people you'll see on Sunday, and that's the only time you'll ever see them. Right. And these are your family members. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if there's an attitude of which I just don't care to go to church, then you really probably should ask yourself the question, and that is, do I actually know the shepherd of the church? Because he would have you go. Now, we have clear command in Hebrews 10 yeah. to, to go. Don't forsake yourself to, to gathering together with other believers. But the reason that command is there is not so our lives are miserable. It's because we need it. And if we don't have it, we will shrivel up and die. Um, that's why I'll refer to the church here from time to time as family. Mm -hmm. We are. We're a family. And we need to act that way, which means sometimes we'll get on each other's nerves. That's what happens in a family. <laughs> but mostly it's good yeah. and it's helpful, but it's designed to keep us all faithfully moving in the right direction. Which What direction is that? That we might reach the end. Mm -hmm. Faithfully reach the end. So we hear that great statement, well done, not good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. Not well done, not good and productive servant. Not well done, not good and theologically minded servant. No, faithful. Faithful to what? Faithful to the Lord. And he has designed the system. The system is, here's the church, here's my people, hang out with each other. Yeah. He's redeeming and, a people, yes. not a person. Right. A people. A people. It's a corporate thing. Yeah. And so um, so if you're of the mindset that I don't think I need to go to church, first I would, if I were your pastor, I would say you need to probably evaluate that carefully. Mm -hmm. um, you may be providentially hindered from going. 
you may have a situation in which you're not able to get out of the house. Right, right. If that's the case, the Lord will overcome that in a unique way for you. Uh, but you have to wrestle with that. Is it really providence or is it laziness or is mm-hmm. it I don't want to go? I don't care to go. Or if I go, I'm going to see that person and she gets on my nerves. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, whatever it is, if it's legitimate providence, I'm shut in, I'm sick, uh, you, know, I, you know, whatever. Um, that's, that's one thing. But generally speaking, you should be there as often as you're able mm-hmm. um, and, and, and understand that the Lord gave that to you as a, a great privilege to ensure that you will reach the end. Mm-hmm. It's one of the means of grace. Yeah. And um, it's where the Lord uniquely communicates grace um, to his people. To not go is to say, I don't need what he offers. Right. And that sounds really contrary for any person who says, yeah. I'm a Christian. I think it sounds really prideful, too. I think it's saying, I can do this on my own. You know, like, I got this. I don't need you, God. Like for a while. Yeah. The pressures of life hit and the storms of life hit. You know, right now, I mean, in the United States, we live in an affluent world by and large. We don't have the persecution and the grief that many other nations do. But you'll find in those nations where persecution is the highest that they value and long for the fellowship of one another. Why? Because they need it to mm-hmm. be sustained against this egregious opposition that's coming against them. The old expression, misery loves company. Yep. Well, in this case, they're miserable, but they need each other so that they're not miserable. Right. Because of so much grief that's happening to them. So in America, we're too much, we're too individualistic. We, we have a Lone Ranger mentality or the John Wayne mentality. That's not how the church is. Mm -hmm. It's not about that. And so realize it's a gift. The Lord gave it to us. So season. Don't stay home so you can be with God's people. So many people do that. And they don't do it for their good. It's it's really to their detriment. Mm -hmm. So no, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. But if you are a Christian and you want to go to church. This month's giveaway is brought to you by Sweet Spool Designs. This is an Etsy shop owned by a pastor's wife who is living out her dream of being a stay-at-home mom and homemaker. She loves anything crafty and she shares on her Instagram English paper piecing, sewing, and designing. This month she is partnering with us to bring one lucky winner a t-shirt. If you're interested in winning, you can go to our Instagram page, House to Home Podcast, look for the t-shirt, and follow the prompts. Good luck!